way for it to start. Well. Avoid legal snags by telling people they're being recorded. Am I being recorded? No. Um, <laughs> do you know what? It's like, if you don't see the big black bar with the clock on it and the mm. big blue on the line, stop recording. Mm. Kind of, uh, You're asking for an app, you're almost. Yeah. Imagine like an hour and a half in going, oh my God, are we being recorded? <laughs> Lol. Legal snapping. Uh, underrated 11, yeah? Got it. Oh. I think I've got it anyway. Oh, I have to make a last minute change. Yeah, I need to double check one actually. I thought I took him out. Yeah, by last minute change, like literally five minutes ago, I went through it again. I went, right, is that ready for the. Yeah, oh, no, he's definitely won the Premier League. (laughs) So he's got to leave. Literally, in my thinking, I was like, yesterday when I put him in, I went, oh, he was amazing when we won the league. Hmm? Oh, God, please tell me he hasn't won. I hope he has. Premier League. I'm just waiting for his wiki page to load with honours. Detention is. Oh my god. Oh my god. Thank god. He's Yay! one three. He stays in. No, he stays in. Screw you. Mine out of interest was Damien Duff that I uh, blatantly knew one and one. Clearly? I, know, I, know, I even when I put him in, I went, he was amazing in our title push. Duff and Robin. I know, no, I know. We're better, and I'm putting it out there, than Ribbity and Robin. Yeah, Miles better. Duff was a better player than Frank Ribbity. Ribbity was overrated. Massively. Why? Because at that time, the French didn't really have anybody to carry the Henri mantle on, the Zizou mantle on. You had this golden era, and they were all quality. Makhaleli, Zizou, Henri, <laughs> Trezeguet. Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. Um, and there was like a almost like a like a period of about six years where you were waiting for the next crop to come through and stuff. And Ribéry was French, and they were like, "He's playing for Bayern Munich, must be great." And you're like, "No." At that time, German football was dominated by Bayern Munich, and only other people, other teams, sorry, the likes of Dortmund, the likes of uh, Schalke back in the day, Hoffenheim's, uh, Bayer Leverkusen's, they were tiptoeing up there, but they couldn't light a candle to them. It's different now. I think it's a lot closer. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I think Ribbity lived on that for, a, for a, a long while, to be honest with you. Yeah, that era is known as the uh, the strike era. Well, if you're going to go around having sex with underage girls and videoing it and getting caught out, then you're asking for trouble, aren't you? Allegedly. Oh, shit, mate. You do not turn players away from international duty forever over allegations, they are either founded and everybody fucking knows or they're completely unfounded and you fight them but the fact is they went, yeah if you're not going to press charges we're just going to let it go well no, you would clear your name you would fight to but they all just rolled over and went yeah we're not going to jail so it's sound just crack on, brush that under the rug allegedly (laughs) speaking of the Bundesliga and Germany's dominance yes, the Bundesliga came back this weekend oh it did with a bang enjoy your weekend Oh, mate, it was fantastic. I mean, obviously, I uh, I bought uh, BT Sport um, so I could I could get on it, um, and it was a uh, a wise investment. It took a while to come on, but it's it's there anyway. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I watched them. Um, I watched Dortmund obviously against Schalke for the uh, the Riviera derby. It was the the showpiece of the weekend, um, and I think it was quite fitting to have such such a large fixture as the first game back. Yeah. Um. So I watched it. I watched the first half and. Dortmund didn't look like they got out of second gear 
However, they were still light years ahead of Schalke. Um, so I don't know whether that's worrying for Schalke or really a positive for Dortmund. Um, but at the second half, I switched over and I watched them. Um, it was obviously the team I chose to pick uh, from the last cast was um, Hertha Berlin. So I watched the second half of Hertha Berlin against um, Hoffenheim, which was uh, decent. decent. So I got three goals in the first half of Dortmund and three goals in the second half of Hertha. So I had six goals in my first first game. It was good. Okay. First game, yeah, yeah. First uh, ninety minutes of German football. Did you uh, did you get on it? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I watched a bit. I watched the Dortmund game, and then I jumped in and out of the highlights for the the rest of the games. You could see like which teams, like Dortmund, were on the ball yeah. and firing. Um, you know, Erling Haaland looks like he's absolutely had no time off. I mean, it looks like he just walked it, picked up where he left off. Yeah. Um, Ten goals in nine games. Only Paco Alcacer has done it quicker, um, which is ten goals in eight games. That's unreal, lad, isn't it? Um, He's not. Is he going to be in? Is he going to be in Germany next season? Well, I um, read the other day uh, Real Madrid and PSG fought trying to get trying to get him for his release. What was it? Sixty mil. Sixty million euro. They're going to try and get him this summer. Why not? Yeah. Honestly, why? Especially Real Madrid over PSG. PSG had. I don't know why anybody would go there, to be completely honest with you. You're just flavour of the month. And it seems like PSG buy players to make sure nobody else can. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's where Real Madrid, um, they've got Luka Jovic, they've got Benzema. Uh, Benzema's obviously 32, 33 now. Easy past it, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't rate him anyway, I'll be completely honest. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's got a fantastic goal goal record, but when you're playing Numancia and Levante, a player of his alleged calibre should be scoring goals. Um, but yeah, I I see Haaland going there at nineteen twenty, taking it in his stride, and I think he could stay there for years. Yeah, I think you know you're saying to go to PSG, and I agree. Like the French league, it's not of the quality of the others. But if he went there and they kept Mbappe, which it sounded like he's going to stay for a year, especially considering money's going to be short, mm. and Neymar will probably stay because money's short. Even though I don't rate Neymar, if they have the likes of Haaland. Mbappe and Neymar and they've actually strengthened it in terms of Herrera and Ghana Gay, they actually might win the Champions League. To be actually, a strong to be a strong shout, the, the only problem is is keeping those players focused over the course of his full season. I mean if it was down to me, I'd sell Neymar and buy someone else and just get rid of that distraction. Yeah, I just don't rate Neymar. I don't rate him as no. don't get me wrong, he's he's a good footballer. He is, you can't take away from him. But I don't rate him as an individual. I think for a team to be successful and a team to work, you need a team attitude and team mentality from, from everybody in the squad. I I believe he is against the grain on that. It's very much his show, which is why I think he left Barcelona. I think he was sick of being under Messi's shadow. Um, and he's left and he's gone to PSG thinking, I'll be the boy. And then Kylian Mbappe's rolled in and he's gone. Fantastic. Here's another one for me to sit behind. This is yeah. not what I signed up for. Um, yeah, just I don't think his, his attitude is right. But, yeah, they would be a shout for the uh, the Champions League. But again, it's, it's down to look at the draw, isn't it? If they had an informed Barcelona or an informed Liverpool, there's no way PSG beat Liverpool over two legs, by the way. It's a lottery. Yeah, it depends who they have. It's not at the moment, but if they got that Haaland, he scored against Liverpool when he was playing for... Like, yeah, Haaland, Haaland makes them very much stronger, but I don't know I don't know what it is. I mean, obviously, Atletico Madrid went to Anfield this year and, and got a, a result. Which sucked them out the Champions League, but I remember back to Barcelona a year ago. Um, 
we all thought they'd turn up to Anfield and just lock it down and just keep the ball moving. But Liverpool at home under the lights at Anfield, different beast, man. Different beast. Yeah. The um. Oh, that was it. Um, if you speaking about Mbappe and Neymar, if you obviously like I don't speak to people, but if you speak to people apparently close to Mbappe, he like loves Neymar. Really? Like, it's like his best mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, all those reports of them like not being like getting on is yeah. true. And he like he loves him. And like people look at buying Neymar is the way you get Mbappe. Interesting. Like you buy Neymar one year and then that gets you Mbappe. The, I don't know. Like you don't know how football works, but apparently, no. that's what people close to Mbappe say whatever that means. That's very interesting. Like to be fair, um, is it worth spending out on one to get the other? No, I just try and get Mbappe. Yeah, I think that I think it, it depending again who the club is that comes in for him. The club's got to be able to sell itself, regardless of uh, Neymar being there. Yeah. Speaking of overrated players, before we get to underrated players, <laughs> quick. Um, Chelsea. I'm a Chelsea fan. Um, Chelsea have got an app called the Fifth Stand, and it's a great name for an app, the Fifth Stand. But um, who runs the app? No, yeah, Chelsea. Chelsea now, themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Chelsea Football Club have got their own official app and have called it the Fifth Stand instead of Chelsea Football Club. No, it's called the Fifth. Yeah, it's Chelsea. It's the Chelsea FC app when you go on your phone, but it's called the Fifth Stand, which is a fantastic name. And we've been through this, and you've agreed, so don't try. I haven't. I haven't. You have. I haven't. Uh, we have. have. you got it recorded? Video what it didn't happen. Wow. Um, so, but they do this really annoying thing where they've got like a, a BBC Sport style gossip column. And it'll pop up with anything that the media put out. But it's really frustrating because they'll do things like, oh, Giroud linked to a contract extension, question mark. And you're like, you're the club. Like, you know whether it's happening or not. Why what was it, me? What was it they done last? It was it January. You were sat there, the transfer ban had been lifted, and you're thinking, who are we signing? Who are we getting? And they actually put a message out to you saying, when you wait for a signing and three come along at once, and you were like, oh my God, fantastic. And it was. Chelsea FC entered into a new sp- uh-huh. shared sponsorship program with three. And you were like, brilliant. Dude, we had, a, we had a summer of nothing. Fantastic. We get to January. We went all the way till deadline day going, anyone, 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 anyone? Yeah, and then like you said, they bring that out. And I'm sitting there going, oh my God, we got Cavani, Ziyech, <laughs> and Jovic all in on the same day. And um, no, we signed a shared sponsorship with uh, three. It's the ultimate tease. I, I legitimately don't know who put that on thought. That'll be a good idea. I, I'm I'm a socialist, so I'll say this with tongue in cheek. I hope he lost his job. <laughs> or at least oh. got reprimanded because that was out of order. I would be livid. Livid if I was in your position as a Chelsea fan there. I'd be like, oh my God, we've had nothing. Frank's done a great job getting us where we are. Now we're going to be able to push on because we've made three new signs. Let's have a look at who they are. Are you shitting me? Yeah. Get this off my shirts. Oh, just uh, do you know what? Like I said, we're still waiting to see whether it'll be the three, the logo, or three, the text. And yeah, it's, it's literally on a knife edge how tacky or great this kit's gonna look. Still with Nike, aren't you? Yeah, but you know, a big three like the Republic of Ireland. Like, come on. Yeah, I, I, if I was you, or rather, yeah, if I was a Chelsea fan, I would rather it was in the text form to be honest, rather than a giant number three. Yeah, like like I've said, like T-Mobile. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, they pinged one out this morning. Literally, as you messaged me saying, I'm setting up. 
Media Watch reports Link Griezmann with the Blues. Oh, what a fantastic move for the club, for the player. I think that, oh yeah, that benefits everyone. I'd love to see him in the Premier League. As we've discussed before, he's a legend, according to Netflix. So, yeah, bring it on. Fantastic. Give him the number seven shirt. Sell Kante to Juve. Give him the number seven shirt. Make him feel at home. You don't use Kante anyway, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think that wins for everybody. How are you feeling now, Jack? Happy with that news? <laughs> Which the, one? Uh, number seven or I'm made up for you? Oh, all of it. Um, tell you what, Kante, do you see his nice little uh, hairline? Oh, Fair. mate. He's got a fantastic <laughs> head of hair. Why is he shaving it? Chooses to be bald. I love it. Do you know, do you know who'd be fuming with that? Danny Morton. Aww. Shout out to Danny there, our mate Danny. He's, uh, he's follically challenged. I think it's the nicest way I'm going to put it. But um, yeah, he would be absolutely livid. <laughs> livid, bless him. Without a doubt, yeah. No, he's got a fantastic head of hair. I would like to see him uh, shape it in some way and uh, go full Pogba and put like a logo in the side of it. Because you know, that's what's important. Right, <laughs> so itself as a brand. Full Toro Vidal. Just a big... See, mohawk. I've got no issue with a mohawk. No issue whatsoever. I've always wanted a mohawk. I uh, do. Oh, what? Being, no, ne- hang on. Being nearly 40 years of age, I think it's passed me by. Yeah, hang on. You're not just moving on from that one. You've always wanted a mohawk. Oh, I always wanted a mohawk, but I was never cool enough. Why? Why was I never cool enough? Just so we're clear. Just so we're Good clear. Pull just, just so we're clear to everyone out there, no one's cool for a mohawk. Next. Mr. T would disagree. Mm. Is Mr. T cool because of his mohawk or is it just there? He is known for his mohawk? Yeah, but like, is it just like, oh yeah, Mr. T, look how mad he is in his David hole. Beckham had a mohawk. David Beckham can do what he wants though. Let's David Beckham, well known for his, you know, loved for his mohawk and his cornrows. Yeah, the cornrows were not such a hit, I'll give you that. However, David Beckham would still do what he wants. He can walk down the street in a bin bag with a skinhead and he'd still look great. Get off his case. Yeah. yeah. So, Antoine Griezmann? No. Are you happy with that? No. Why? Because it's going to be like 100 plus mil. Yeah, it's going no. to be extortionate. No, and his he... wages are going to be massive. I didn't bless the Hazard sale for Griezmann. <gasps> he would be a... Like, oh, like for yeah. life, that'd be amazing. No. You'd be, you'd be letting go of prime Eden Hazard for an even prime. And I'm sorry, I can't even finish that without laughing. Yeah, it wouldn't be a great move for you, let's be honest. I like Griezmann. I like what he brings to the table. However, it stinks of Andrei Shevchenko. Left it a little bit too late, a little bit of a marquee signing, but is it bringing any added impetus to the team? I don't think so. I think the direction you've took under Frank, and let, let me get it out there, your hand was forced with the transfer ban. Mm-hmm. But but the hand you've been dealt, Frank has played it perfectly. You're sitting in the top four of the Premier League. Are you still in the Champions League, technically? Technically, yeah, but we're going to have to buy him. Long. Um, so you're technically still in the Champions League. So for the achievements of still being in it and sitting fourth in the league, not spending a bean, Kovacic, um, I think you're looking really, really healthy. And I think the business plan... Um, and the game plan seems to be well, Mount's getting minutes. Tomori's been in there. Hudson Adoy went fit and not allegedly beating up women in his hotel room. Are we not discussing that? No, we papered over that one. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, 
I think with Zuma coming back in from loan, Tammy smashing goals and up the top end, I think everything's there to say, do you know what, we've got a nucleus here that can last for the next five, six, seven, eight years. It's something you can build on now. It doesn't need three or four bodies a season to be coming in to, to add to it. Um, I think you've signed Ziyech, is that right? Yeah. in. I can't see you signing many more, I'll be honest, or needing many more from my, my personal opinion. I think maybe two more signings. I think a, a centre-half to come in, because I don't like... I, I like Christiansen. However, I don't think he's good enough for you. Mm. Um, never rated Louise, but you got rid of him. Made up for that one. Never rated him. Um, who else have you got? you got Tamori, you got Zuma, you got Rudiger. Rudiger. Rudiger's done really well, to be fair. He was another one I never really thought would settle, um, but he settled well with Zuma. I, th- I think um, you've got the nucleus there, but I would like to see another centre-half brought in there if you're going to bring anybody in. Um, Right-back is sorted with uh, is it James, Rhys James. Yeah. Left-back's a bit of an issue. You need a left. You need a goalkeeper. You need a left back. You need a oh, centre whoa, back. Whoa. You need a goalkeeper. A... Yeah, let's not even. Yeah. You spent seventy-five million on Kepa this time uh, last year. Selling for a Kinder Egg on the last. Goalkeeper, left back, centre back, two wingers, striker. Two wingers. You got Pulisic. Yeah. You got Pulisic back. You got Ziyech. Mm-hmm. If Ziyech is going to play on the wing, then that's kind of one. But they're talking about him being in kind of like a number ten role. Is Willian got... going to stay? Don't know. Pedro, not likely. Um, Hudson Adoy and Pulisic. Hudson Adoy's come back from an ACL and then this other stuff. Pulisic has been injured all season. Pedro will likely go. William will. I think the thought was to let him go. However. But with this whole coronavirus thing and obviously the league getting extended, there was discussions with talking with um, Giroud, William, and Pedro about extending it short term. Yesterday, Giroud signed for a year, which is great. The other two, there's nothing's come out. Like, they bang Willy Calavero and Giroud out on the same day, and there's been nothing about the other two. So I think we'll see over the coming days. We'll know whether they're staying next year by if it's extended by a year or if it's extended by a couple of months. Mm. If it's extended for a couple of months, they're not staying. What would you like to see? Um, Pedro and William can go. Reasons? Um, Pedro, I wasn't happy with signing at the time. I thought he was a waste of space at Barcelona. Um, my dad, Ooh. my dad, on chocolate. This one because when we signed him, I was like, waste of time. We robbed him off United, and he's actually done an alright job. He's he's, he's popped up. Where, um, he's been alright. He's been good. Uh, William, been a good player, but he's got a terrible attitude, and I'm not really. Uh, ever since he put that thing, I know this seems petty, but um, ever since the last game Conte had, when we won the FA Cup, and uh, yeah, the picture of the team celebrating. You know, like on the pitch, you get the, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. the classic. Well, William puts that on his story and puts three little trophy emojis over Conte to hide him and uploads that. And then afterwards, he's like, oh, yeah, it was my daughter's. Sorry. Mm. And you're like, nah, you, mm. it's classic Julian Lescott. Oh, it was in my pocket. I tweeted the picture of the car. Yeah. You remember that one? Yeah. Like, if you're going to do something, own it. Stand by it. Fight your own corner. And if, if you do have to back down, Say, I was wrong. Just it, be a man and own your shit. Don't hide behind it. Oh, my daughter. Oh, but in his, in his defence, when everyone down tools during Jose's um, second time in charge, when he got sacked, he was the only one who performed. Everyone down tools except him. So to his credit, he's stepped up and above at times. But I think it's time he can go, you know, 
he's been linked with Spurs, so you know it is what it is. Some quality players that you're looking, well, not looking, but wear out a contract though. Does that not worry you as as time goes on that you had well three three really good players, regardless of age, and Willie Caballero. Um, I'm not taking anything away from Caballero, by the way. Just that you know, a 38, what is he going to bring to the team? He is only ever a backup. Uh, aren't you a little bit worried that William and Pedro were allowed to wind down their contracts um, to, and even Giroud to some extent? Or I think because the policies now, as a lot of clubs are adapting, it's a maximum of one year for anyone 30 and over. So especially if they. So if they sign a three-year deal and they know that at the end of that third year they're going to be 30, they'll still then, in negotiations, only ever offer one-year extensions. Like, these two will only get a one-year extension, same as Giroud. And... So it's kind of like, there you go, we'll give you a year. And if you play well and you perform well, we'll give you another year. It's, it's rolling, effectively. And a lot of players aren't happy with that. Towards that back end, now there's that argument of, I don't know where this culture of suddenly you're 30 and you're done is coming from. But I think it's you get like players we've been saying like Ronaldo, Giggses, Maldini's that pushed it, pushed it, pushed it. That's rare nowadays. I think a lot of people do start to wind down because because the games. I think the game's so much based around your athletic ability mm. rather than your skill. Mm. At least it's starting to go that way a bit now. Your age is quite key, and money-wise, they want to lock these young players down on the big deals so they don't go anywhere. But the older ones, it's like, yeah, we can start edging you out. Here's a year. Gary Cale got offered a year. You know? Yeah, fair enough. They all get offered a year. I'm, I'm not that bothered, honestly, because as long as they replace them, you know, with something. Like, I like Pulisic. I like, um, I do like hudson Adoy. I like this Ziyech. I'm not really seeing much of him. I only want big money spent if it's someone like Sancho. Mm. Otherwise, I'm not really that bothered, if I'm honest. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, I can sort of see your point with the with the one year extension if you're hitting thirty and over. But as as you as you know yourself, and you you've touched on there with some of the players you've mentioned, players can play past thirty. Players do play past thirty. I can understand the player wanting to walk away if he's only getting offered a year because some clubs will offer two or three years based on your injury history, how many minutes you played, so on and so forth. Um, Adruis, the uh, Spanish striker, he's um, retired yesterday at 39, announced his retirement at 39, the Athletic Bilbao legend. Um, mm. He had his, his best season it was when he turned 36. Jesus. 36, got, he had his best season ever. It's like we were saying, though, you've got to adapt your game. Like, if he adapts his game to be more of like a poacher in the box and he's not doing the, you know, he's not darting up and down, he's not darting in and out of the flags and he's just hanging about and they adapt their game as in right getting crosses into the box yeah yeah if he's good at heading getting them high otherwise whip and blow and he's just tapped he's chikorito do you know what I mean he's, he's doing a chikorito poach 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 then you can keep going for two three mm. years but That's if people just go this is how I play and you're like no your pace is gone and they don't try and adapt their game that's when they eventually get farmed out to go play guitar wow <laughs> which let's be honest guitar China. Didn't Xavi go and play in Qatar? Yeah, but like, because Xavi's gone, there's two different ways. You either get farmed out to one of these leagues because, eh, or like Xavi's done, blatantly lined up to manage the team 
after clearly here's a big paycheck to help us boost the they're doing an MLS raise our profile yeah it's the Beckham level we'll give you a job at the end yeah yeah and he's probably I like Barcelona have already publicly come out and said which baffles me that he's going to be the next manager and they didn't even want the guy who was in now his name escapes me yeah you see they've come out and said oh yeah we went there and we both didn't feel it was ready so now we've got I can't remember his name that's how little I know about him so he's coming like the middle of the season he'll wrap up this one there's actually talk of him leaving and Xavi coming in in the summer or one more year but it appears this manager knows that as well and he's like yeah Sam I get to manage Barcelona for a year and a half like you know it is what it is yeah it's on my profile because they're going to win something in that time as well aren't they so yeah, take oh. forward, I suppose, and own. Potentially. Project restart. Let's touch on that quickly. Go um, on, then. Premier League have done their first rounds of tests for the coronavirus. Um, yeah. It was uh, something just over 700 tests of players and staff and whatnot. Uh, six confirmed cases came back. Um, Which, in the grand scheme of things, out of 700 tests, is low numbers. Is low, yeah. Mariapa at Watford and two, yeah. two members of staff that weren't named. Uh, Bailey and Wong. Yep, assistant manager. So mm-hmm. that's four, and then two others didn't get confirmed. Fair play, by the way, to the guys who stepped out of the shadows and said, I don't need anonymity, it is what it is, let's just talk about it. Adrian Mariapa, prime example. Yeah. He was shocked because he said, I've come out... All he's, all he's done while he's been on lockdown is daily exercise, which has been running, and he's been taking his daughters to the park. He's been observing all social distancing. He hasn't had people round. He's like, I don't know where I picked this up from. And he's also displaying no symptoms, which means asymptomatic. So he's just going about his day. But it's that's the danger. That one person doesn't know they've got it, spreads it to four people. Those four people then don't know they've got it, go and carry it because of the two-week incubation period. They go and carry it on for two weeks. How many people did they meet? And blah, 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 blah. And then we just see it spiraling out of control again. So as those numbers are low, as we just touched on, um, I still think I still think you're looking at another three weeks before the ball is kicked, at least. Well, we're looking at, they obviously, they penciled in, haven't they, the 19th. Yeah. So that's that's four. Three, yeah, that's three, four, four weeks. weeks off. Yeah. That's four weeks on Saturday. The that gives anyone who's had it. But that's the thing. Like it's like anyone who's had it for two weeks, they might have already given it. Like I don't see. This is the thing. This is the details we don't know. Has Mariapa not seen anyone in that football club since he before he got tested, or has he been? Have they been wandering around for a bit? Mm-hmm. And now everybody's been near him. Going. Hmm. And the thing yeah. is, he's tested positive, and it could be day fourteen that he's tested positive on of his own carrying it, he could be day three. So he goes and sits in isolation for for two, well, seven days, they're saying now, Andy. Seven days, he's not displaying symptoms. So he goes and sits in isolation for seven days, and then he comes out. That could be three weeks from when he first caught it. So then you've got to trace him back three weeks and find out his whereabouts and who's been in contact. So it becomes a bigger, a bigger problem, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, off the back of that, Troy Deeney. Um, yes. Has refused to go to training. And he got a bit of stick from it from some people, and he had support from it from some people. I, I support him personally. I would, I would like to say the majority are in support of. Yeah, him. I would. There's always oh. going to be the minority that ruin it for everyone. Um, yeah. And all clubs have their dickhead fans. Let's be completely honest, no front about that. Um, but I seen a particular tweet. I won't mention the club. No. That the fan follows, but a particular tweet whereby this uh, this account had gone on 
and they're like, ideal scenario, this happens, that happens, the other happens, Owen Trudini's daughter and son catches it, and you're like, wow, what is going on? Yeah. You know, I think I think it was what, it was, when, when did Caroline Flack pass away? Was it February? Yeah, early this year, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and, and there was this big push in the social media um, outlets about be kind, and there was hashtags flying around on Twitter, and there was Facebook ah. pages set up, all with the message of be kind. You don't know what somebody's battling in the background. Always be kind. If you can't be nice, say nothing. You know what I mean? And then, less than like four months later, this global pandemic's coming on. People are still online. These trolls and they're sitting behind different icons and different club names and stuff. And, and they're just posting this bile, this absolute shite that they're posting out there, wishing that his son gets ill. Now, for those of you who maybe don't know, Troy Dini's son is uh, five months old. Yeah. And he has breathing difficulties, so he's not in not in the best of health. Troy's got that in the back of his mind when he, he's been asked to go back to work. Now, there's two ways of looking at it. Um, one, he can work in isolation, but the opposite answer, the, the, the sorry, the uh, the other side of that coin is why take the risk? Uh, he can go in and he can ask to be tested every day, but again, why go in and take the risk? And is his job vital? Is it important? No, it's a game. It's a game. He's, he's not a doctor. He's not a nurse. So he's not a frontline worker. Uh, he's not a delivery driver. He's not a postal worker. He's not a shop worker. Whose, whose jobs are key to keeping the economy and keeping everybody rolling forward. He's not supplying an essential service. So why risk it? The, I, that's a really key one for me. I think, and I've been thinking about this the past few days, they're going back to work. All you ever see written is the players have been asked to go back to training. The players are going to go back to playing matches. Now the players are being going are being asked to go back to work. Yeah. Just as you, me, and anyone sort of listening now and across the country being asked to go back to work. How we think you know before someone jumps on the the, the and I hate the bandwagon of but look how much they get paid. Oh. Think about what your job is right now and whether you'd be happy to go back. Exactly. Some of you might say yes. Some of you might say no, but that's your opinion. He's not comfortable going back to work because of this thing. I think um, I might be wrong on misquoting him. I think someone mentioned he was on a podcast or something, and they were saying about, oh, because a, a Premier League executive came out and said, well, if they refuse to train, they should refuse to get paid. And I think a lot I think a lot of them have come and gone, fair, like, and what? Yeah. Fine, don't pay me. Not bothered. And you'll always get people then turn around, well, they can afford to say that because look how much money they've got. I can't afford to... You know, fully appreciate that. Mm. But these people have to be just because they're footballers. They shouldn't be like right, all of them are in, and that's it. I don't know why it's surprised that some of them. It came out yesterday that Angola Kante um, has been excused from training because he's got major concerns about Project Restart. Um, Danny Rose has been quite vocal. You know, he's on yes. Newcastle from Tottenham. He was like, I, you know, I can't remember the exact word he used because they blew it out. But you know, he basically says he doesn't give a, a fuck about the nation's um, morale in terms no, of. No. Like, what was it? That was exactly yeah. it. Said I, could, I couldn't give less of a fuck about the nation's morale. This is my life and my health. You talk yeah. about. And bear in mind the the research that has been has been done has shown that um, people of black and mixed ethnicities are yeah. more at risk of carrying this virus and and its obvious uh, repercussions. So the likes of Trudeau needs to be panicked about it. I get it. Danny Rose be panicked about it. I get it completely. If if somebody was to say to me as a thirty nine year old male. 
you are six times more likely to catch this. I'd be shitting myself. It's bad enough now. But if somebody was to target me based yeah. on something that I have no control over to say, oh, by the way, you're going to probably get it six times worse or you're six times more likely to catch it, mate, that'd be me. I'd be like, right, well, I'm going to take six times more precautions than the average Joe. Yeah. He, he, used, he used the term um, guinea pigs. And do you know what? Like, I'm not, I'm not kind of against that. I don't think it is, but I can understand where he's coming from. I, I, I think it is, though, because they are just basically being told, right, out you go. No, they're being, being asked to. I mean, Chelsea have done it the right way. Kante's gone in and said, I'm not comfortable with it. And they've gone, OK, no worries. Go home. Do you know what I mean? And that's the right way to deal with it. People do have a choice. People, I think in, in every walk of life, in every job, like if you weren't happy with, in your job and you went in and you spoke to HR and said, look, this isn't safe, guaranteed something to be done about it. So why would footballers be any different? You would like to think. I think the big thing for me is no one's come out and really said why this needs to be finished. Apart oh, they from, have. Apart from, it's yeah, the integrity from, of the game. Yeah, apart from the integrity of the game, and you go, right, so there's no integrity in France, there's no integrity in Scotland, there's no integrity in Holland, there's no integrity in League Two, so our own country. There's no integrity in the women's side of the game. It's irrelevant. For, it doesn't make as much money. But this we is all the, know this. That, and that's what I mean. So the Premier League, the Championship, and League One, you've got integrity, but the others... Don't even worry about it. There's no integrity in that game. Like, that's what that says. Like, there's no actual concrete, factual, uh, you know, classic me. But there's no concrete, this is why this needs to get done. Yeah. Even, even if they came out when this is why it needs to get done, because this is the money that would be generated, which will save the economy and keep us out of this, this or this. Even if they came out and said that, yeah. at least people would go, right, that's put it in a bit more context than just, yeah, we, we're going to finish it because it's the integrity. And you go... That's probably why the players are sat there going, like, oh. you know, I'm sure behind the scenes a few of them might have been told, look, you know, maybe the smaller ones are told, look, we don't see these through, we are in major trouble. And, and unfortunately, some players will go, well, I don't really care, I'm leaving anyway. Some will care. And you can get into all those different dynamics. But there's been no, this is why it has to be finished. This is why we are so adamant at getting it done. Apart from, yeah. like we've said, the integrity, which just gets binned off immediately when you cancel a league in your own country. Completely agree, yeah. And only one of them in League Two. Yeah. That's what baffles me. I thought League Two, League One, they'll go at the same time. But League One and the Championship are now just floating about. We've no, we've heard nothing from them in terms of when they're going to restart. I think they're waiting to be told, aren't they, more than anything? It, it's bizarre. But, like, again, we're harping on about it every week. We will wait and see. Yeah. The latest so far is tests have begun. Positive tests. Six out of 700 plus. Yeah. But we'll see where they... And all clubs are back training now in small groups. I mean, there's been videos out from... um seen one on Twitter today, LFC TV, uh, put out how they're going to be doing theirs. And they've done, like... From the image, there was only three players training together. And they were, they were quite far apart, to be honest. But if they've tested and they've tested as um, negative, then is social distancing need for those three players? I mean, if, they, if those three are confirmed, you three don't have it then surely that's your training partner for the whole of training. But then, we you touched on this last time out, they go home from training. Do they get tested again the next day? But this this is the thing as well, because I was thinking the same. I was like, right, well, if the, everyone in that on that pitch has been tested negative... Keep them together. Why Isolate you, them. Well, why do you need to keep a distance? Because you're on negative. The reason will exactly. be is they don't know what surface it's on. They don't know if it's on anything 
that hasn't been. Do you know what I mean? They don't know yeah, what they've yeah. done any Sorry, services. testing the player, but it could be on a bar. It could be on a, a, a banner set of going up the stairs. It could be on a ball. Exactly, yeah. It's mad, isn't it? Have you seen, those, you seen the clips of Barcelona? Yeah, cleaning them, spraying the ball before they pass it back out there. There's lo- but there's lo- in the dressing rooms, they had their changing rooms where they'd all got changed and then two people went in in full hazmat suits with almost like, you know, like um, weed killer. Like the yeah, long, yeah. Yeah, like a, hose, yeah, yeah. a brushy hose at the end. Spraying everything, all their bags that they brought in, all their shoes, every single item that they brought in and then the corridors, everything from top to bottom gets sprayed before they go back in. And you're like, but this is safe. Yeah, yeah. It's evidently not, but it is what it is. So, yeah, nothing's really changed from Project Restart, um, right. apart from a couple of tests. So, moving swiftly forward. Indeed. This week, off the back of last week's Premier League all-time 11 that Jacques and I had posted out, I um, hope you guys had managed to actually have a go at that as well, by the way. Um, try and put your Premier League all-time 11. We'd be quite interested to see what you guys have come up with, using the same stipulation of no more than three per team. Um, post them out on our Twitter let us have a look we'll retweet them and mm. get them out there and we'll obviously uh, we'll try and reply if we can with our rebuttals if we think that your team is garbage or if your team is actually overly powered and we're thinking well hang on they had a point there why haven't I thought of that Yeah. let us know get involved um, as always so this week off the back of that we've gone for an underrated 11 that we're going to be doing so stipulations behind it where you couldn't pick somebody who had won a Premier League title. The reason for that, and I'll be honest, I'll hold my hands up, that was my decision. Mm-hmm. Jack's of a different train of thoughts, which he's entitled to, even though he's wrong, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can be overrated and win a Premier League and play for a top team. I, I've always thought of underrated players, and this may be my age, as somebody who's really good but didn't get a crack at a big team, or somebody who's really good had a crack at a big team, it didn't work, moved on and built the career up again, but never really hit the heights. I picked mine based on players I've seen who haven't won Premier Leagues, but were absolutely fantastic at their job for one reason or the other. They either got your ass out of your seat for every game you went and watched them, or they scored bangers out of nowhere for whatever reason. Um However, they managed to do it, I don't know, which is why I've mentioned it because of one particular player I've got in there <laughs> as I'm looking at it. Um, or they were absolutely superb and deserved a shot at a big club and never got it. I don't know. It's different ways and means. So, do you want to go first? No, you're going to go first. Oh, but, oh. Yeah, you're going first this week. But off the back, I like what you said. You can be overrated and win it, and you can be underrated and not win it. Prime example of being overrated and winning it Jose Basingua has two Champions League trophies. Michael Carrick is underrated. How many Premier League titles does he have? Because originally, when we were going to do this, my underrated 11 would have had Carrick, Barry, Milner. And I was like, this is going to be easy. You see, this has I been. Had, go on. I had Parchi Sung in my underrated 11. I had him in mine. But the, well, he this, was rated, the, he was rated by Sean Alex Vegas. No, there's no higher rating in the Premier League. Yeah, but my, see, I've done mine off. Whenever someone talks about the greats that they mentioned, no, but they should be. That's how I've kind of done okay. mine in my head. Like when when someone sits there and goes, and I won't say it, but someone sits there and goes, Terry Ferdinand, you know, blah 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 blah, Vidic. These don't get mentioned, but they should be. Okay. So, but I'm gonna let you go first this week. Fair enough. Okay, no worries. So, we've also done an underrated manager. Now, this manager, there was no stipulation behind. Was no. There? No. Nah, there nah. Um, for my manager, I went with somebody that I enjoyed watching as a coach. 
somebody I have listened to as a coach um, outside of him being in work as a full-time coach um, and somebody I think has done a terrific job at the clubs he's been at but never really got the kudos that he deserved and maybe was mistreated by one or two of them. Sam Allardyce was great on TalkSport. Don't you ever at me again. All right. <laughs> filthy mouth of yours. <laughs> I've gone for my manager as uh, Chris Hutton. Nice. Okay. Done a terrific job at Birmingham. My wife's a Birmingham fan. All of her family are Birmingham fans, so they're like my second team. I have a soft spot for them. Um, some used to wear Birmingham kits, but we slapped that right out of him. Yeah. Anyway, um, obviously not condoning violence against children. But no, no. He's got allegedly. a Birmingham kit on. It's fine. It's okay. Allegedly. allegedly. Um, so yeah, Chris Hutton, fantastic manager. Play anybody who's played under him has always spoken very highly of him. They would run through a brick wall for him. I liked his style of play. I liked his aggression. He had he'd done a great job at Brighton. To me, he got shafted, but that is that. He's done yeah. a great job at Birmingham. Again, he got hung out to dry. He's done a great job at Newcastle and again got shafted. Massively. I really like him. I really rate him. So for me, he's, he's my underrated manager because I don't think he's ever had a fair crack of the whip. So, moving on. In goal, for my underrated 11, I've got Shea Given. Nice. Shea Given, um, unbelievably... And I remember he was on TV a, year, a few years back, and I always remember this. People used to say to Shea Given, oh, you're a lot bigger in real life than you look on the telly. And his answer was always, get a bigger telly. Because <laughs> the man is a unit. Um, obviously, Newcastle days, he was an absolute cat, a showstopper. He was an absolute world of a goalkeeper. That never really got a shout, never played for the Man United, the Cities, Liverpool's, Arsenal's, Chelsea's. Spent the majority of his career Newcastle, um, which you know, no disrespect to Newcastle, but they're not exactly pushing for leagues, are they? So, my underrated goalkeeper, Shea Given. Yep. Any rebuttal? No, Shea Given. I agree. He made um, he only made like a handful of appearances for Man City, didn't he? Yeah. You know, Joe Hart. It was, it was late in his career. Yeah. Yeah, and Joe Hart went out on loan to Birmingham, I believe. Ironically. He did. Ironically, yeah. um, and then he comes back, and obviously. Joe Hartman cements himself as they push on for that yeah. that title win. Um, that's when they really started hitting the ball running. But well, that was it. He, he was at City before it was popular to be at City. Yeah. Similar to my centre-back. Anyway, we'll move mm. on. Right oh. back, and I'm going to be dead selfish here, is Seamus Coleman. Mm-hmm. Touched on it in my Premier League 11 last week with Leighton Baines. I said that Leighton Baines deserved to go and play for the United or a Chelsea or an Arsenal or a Tottenham or any other big team apart from the other shower over the road. <laughs> um, and Coleman, for me, is in the same mould. Um, he was doing, or has been doing for the last 10 years, what Trent is making a name for himself doing now in terms of assisting and getting forward and getting his name on the score sheets and becoming a pivotal member of the team. He was one of the breakout fullbacks. Um over the last 10 years. I think when Everton signed him for famously for £60,000. Um, 60 grand, unbelievable. We've got a song um, that we sing, obviously, about it, which he hates, apparently. Um, but 60 grand for him. And he came in, and I remember he came in, he was quite young. And we first played him right wing. Um, we had Tony ever playing right back. You know, always difficult to get the shirts off Tony. Um, he was playing right wing, and then we loaned him out to Blackpool, and he had a great season. he come back in, and then his and Tony's... Form just switched. Yeah. It was that natural, that natural time, and 
as soon as he got his, uh, his hand on that right-back slot, it was clear that the boy could, could do it all. What an engine. Up and down at right flank, overlapping, underlapping, constantly getting back. Um, for me, massively underrated in that. No big club ever came in for him. For whatever reason, he may never have wanted to leave. Offers may have come in and they were never publicised, but from the outside looking in, he's never been seriously linked with or Everton in talks with or Coleman in talks with. He's always remained true to Everton, which is a great thing, but for me, massively underrated for that reason. Okay, you're just going to let me go, aren't you? Yeah. Superb, okay. Is this because Max told you off after the last one? Oh, yeah, no. That's not been been registered. Let him finish his team. (laughs) That's his Max voice, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know. Max is our big dopey mate from Wigan. He's a nice lad. <laughs> Two centre-halves. I'll go for my first one. Um, second Everton player, Sylvan Distam. Oh, God. Oh, come on. You've got an FA Cup with Portsmouth? You've got FA Cup with Portsmouth? Well, obviously the whole squad, but that's not the point. <laughs> Sylvan Distam, mate, what a player. We sold, we sold Julian Lescott um, to Man City. And at the time, he was one of the hottest commodities at centre-half, and City was signing a fantastic player who scored 10 goals the season previous as a centre-half, which is unprecedented. He was great in both boxes. He was he was fantastic, Lescott. But he went to City, um, and we signed Distan for £5 million to replace him. And Distan was over the hill, you know, and everybody was like, oh, Silver Distan, you're joking. And I was like, well, let's see what he's got, mate. The man is a unit. Absolute unit. Um, he was so quick as well, deceptively quick over the first 10, 15 yards that he was just a baller, mate, honest to God. I really rated him. Sylvan Distan was one of uh, one of the best centre-outs I've seen play as an Everton fan. And obviously, I've seen uh, Everton play since mid-80s when we were actually decent and threatening to win stuff. Uh, I've also seen some of the absolute shite that has come through the door in the latter years. Uh, special mention for Pierre Crowder up there. Uh, but Sylvan Distan is very much one of my favourite um, Everton centre-halves and one of my favourite centre-halves in the league. Uh, he was at City, did get a little shout, but he, similar to Given, that he was there before it was really popular, and uh, before the, they really started flying. Um, Who was? Sylvan Distan. Was he? Yeah, yeah, he was at City, yeah, yeah. Jesus, where did you sign in from? Um, I think it was from Portsmouth, to be honest. Can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, Jesus. Somewhere else. Someone will be in the mentions later telling me. It was later. Sunderland. Ugh, could have been someone. So, Sylvan Distan's in there, underrated. Uh, next to him, maybe popular or unpopular, I don't know. Underrated, yeah, uh, because he never won the league. I'm sort of hiding behind that one when I picked this player. But um, Jamie Carragher, record uh, appearances for Liverpool Football Club, I believe. Um, versatile and playing right back, centre back, left back if really needed. Heart of a lion, absolute war horse of a centre-half. Um, was he cultured? Not really. Did he overplay? Not really. He was seen more of a, I'll put my laces through this and I'll throw my body on the line if I have to. And I think that's what sticks with me more than anything with him. Um, along with Gerard in the last pick I had, I still think it's a travesty that Jordan Henderson's going to lift the trophy over Gerard. Equally, Carragher will not have won the Premier League. Um well, Joe Matip will. Dayan Lovren will. Matip, I don't mind, to be honest. Dayan Lovren's a bit of a joke. But Lovren's going to have a league winner's medal. And Jamie Carragher doesn't. Um, again, football is cruel at times. Yeah. Absolutely mm. cruel. But yeah, Jamie Carragher. All right, he had a shout at Liverpool, but not when we were winning the league. Um, 
didn't really get a look in on the England scene either. Got a few caps, but nothing major. Uh, at a time when the likes of United and Chelsea and Arsenal were dominating, Carragher was there. Um, never really got a shout to a, a bigger club. So yeah, Carragher's in my underrated eleven. Nice thoughts, thoughts on that one. Yeah, uh, no, I I agree. Right, you you are allowed to disagree. You know that one. No, 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 no. I Next agree. one, I'm not sure you will have ever heard of. Here we go. Ian Hart, left back. No. <sighs> Play for Leeds. Absolute wonderful effort. Free kick well, expert. That championship club. Championship club, yeah. I remember them being in the Premier League. I remember them finishing second and being in the Champions League. They've, second in the Premier League. They've been in the Premier League. Oh, mate, you're horrible. You Chelsea fans are on the team. This was before you were a Chelsea fan, <laughs> to be fair. You were a Jersey Bull fan. Just letting that go. You're not biting? No, fair enough. So, yeah, Ian Hart. For, for <laughs> listeners of a certain age group, you'll remember Ian Hart. But everybody else, I suggest you read up on him because he was an absolutely fantastic uh, left-back for Leeds. Um, in my underrated team, due to the fact that Leeds never won never won the league, um, they finished second in the Premier League. They famously had a, a really good run at the Champions League as well. Um, but yeah, Ian Hartman, absolutely fantastic. Free kick expert. With any dead balls around about 20, 30 yards out, you wanted him on them. He was he was superb. He was one of the better players during the year. Uh, that period, I think, at the time they had Rio Ferdinand playing for them. They had Robbie Fowler at the top end, Mark Viduca, um, David Baddeley, Bowyer, uh, yeah, Ian Hart, Harry Kuehl. Yeah, they had, they had a great team. And to a lesser extent, Stephen McPhail, who I always thought would make it and make it big, but never did. Uh, but yeah, Ian Hart is my left back. Okay. The touch on that one, like all jokes well, aside about the leads, all jokes aside about the leads thing. I just don't yeah. like them. Was that? Were they sort of like, is this when Leeds are kind of like flowing in and around the top end? Yeah, yeah. Finished second. So, yeah. So is that for Floating Ian Hart? in and around. Yeah. But Ian Hart, is that, did he, is this him missing out on a big move? I've put him in there because I don't think many people will have, when you're thinking about left-backs in the Premier League, you'll think of Ashley Cole, Leighton Baines, um, Patrice Evra, um, trying to think about the left-backs quickly. Obviously, Andy Robertson at the moment is a hot one. Um, I think left back, you can always think of somebody who's played for your club to a good extent, or while you were winning things, there was a left back in there who was solid. I think Ian Hart um, could have could have made the step up at the time when Leeds were pushing. It was Leeds, Man United, Arsenal were the top three teams in the mm. in the league, um, and I think he could have walked into any of those three at that time period. He was that good, but he never did. He, he obviously played for Leeds during the purple patch at the club, but I think he's massively underrated in that he's not spoken about. In Premier League 11s, he's not spoken about his... I just remember the great left-backs. Ian Hart's name doesn't come up for Premier League. Hmm. Um, so that's why I threw him in there. Nice, I like it. Again, age-related, so you'll have to forgive me. <laughs> um, right, OK, we'll go on to right mid. I'm playing 4-4-2 again, by the way. Same. Perfect. So my right mid, underrated, uh, again, and I'm hiding behind the veil of never won the Premier League, is my second Liverpool. Second... Second of three Liverpool players. What's going on here? Um, Dirk Kite. Nice. Dirk Kite was a workhorse of a player. Um, he could play right wing, play up front as a 10, a time centre mid. Um, he was a war horse. He was, he'd do the, the, the dirty, nitty-gritty bits off the ball that needs to be doing. I remember the tackle on Phil Neville famously in the derby, the Clattenburg derby, when he two-footed Phil Neville on the knee. 
nearly on the thigh. Um, didn't even get booked. But it's those it's those kind of challenges and those kind of games you look at and you go, quality, love that. Uh, you come up with some important goals as well for Liverpool Football Club. Um, he really did. He, he was. If you ask any Liverpool fan, I think they'll say he was he was underrated. He's a player that you didn't realise you needed him so much until he'd left. If that makes sense. Yeah, massively. Um, the job he'd done was was unglorified. He wasn't the Luis Suarez who was banging the goals in every week, or the Torres who was banging the goals in every week. He wasn't the Gerard who was who was seen as pulling everybody together and carrying the team forward. Um, he was very unglorified in what he'd done, but what he'd done, he'd done very well. For that reason, I've threw him in. Yeah, massively. He um, always popped up with a crucial goal. Did. Uh, yeah. And around the mix. Good very player. much so. So, I've gone for two centre midfielders. Um, one under his Everton guys, and I've shoehorned the other one in. Because huh? I have three Everton. Distan and Coleman with Everton. I've gone for one midfielder from Everton, and then the other one played for Everton, but he also played for another team, so I've put him in under that one. Sound. Okay, so first one is Tim Cahill. Yeah. I put him in as underrated because he's not won the Premier League, never won the FA Cup with us, never won a League Cup with us, famously. Um he's never won it. Um he's got no medals from his time at Everton. Um but I think as a midfielder, the job that he'd done was superb. Um playing as a ten or as a straight midfielder as an eight, but more as a ten. Sometimes playing up top on his own as well. He's another player who Gave us all, um, scored some important goals, chipped in to help the team. He's another one who could have made it had he had got an opportunity to get a bigger move. There's no doubt in my mind he could have played for the United, he could have played for Liverpool, he could have played for for Arsenal, for Chelsea, and he, he would have made the difference in the squads, but he never got that move, never got that chance. He was another one who, when, when he went, at the time of him leaving, he went to New York Red Bulls. Most Evertonians, I think, if they're being honest, will say it made sense for him and the club because of the time we were coming to, but he then went and played on for another five, six years. Had a decent standard. It's not like he went to New York Red Bulls and just put his feet up. He carried on playing. He ended up playing around the world and travelling a little bit with it. Um, he's another one that, when he was out of the team, you noticed when he'd left the club, you'd noticed he'd left the club. Um, but yeah, it wasn't there. It was a pure case of, don't know what you've got till it's gone. For that reason, he's in. Is that one all right with you? Yeah, he's an, he's an Everton icon, isn't he? He is, yeah. So that's my three Everton out the way. So the next one I've shoehorned in uh, by putting him under his other team he played for other than Everton is uh, Mikel Arteta. Arsenal? Yeah. Did win the league at Arsenal, uh, which I know you all got it over. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but it is what it is. Uh, yeah, so he did win the league at Arsenal. Um, he didn't win at an Everton either, obviously. Um, but he's in there as underrated because he's another one who he, I think he left it a little bit late to go to Arsenal. He, don't get me wrong, his, his quality still shone through. Um, obviously, he's the manager now. He, he captained the team for a little bit as well, and he's quite well revered at Arsenal, and he, and he was at Everton as well. I think he's another one who, who probably could have stepped into United, to Liverpool, to Chelsea, uh, to Arsenal five years earlier, and he'd, he'd have propelled them on to winning something. Um his ball manipulation, his reading of the game, his ability to play as a six or an eight. I really liked him as a six when we first signed him um, on loan from Real Sociedad. I remember watching him at Rangers as a kid and he played as a six. 
and I thought, I can't wait for this kid to come in. He's going to be brilliant just sitting in front of the back four. But when he came in, he actually showed better traits playing further up the field with a few more advanced options to pick off. And I think that's where we got the best out of him. But obviously, I picked him for um, Arsenal and Everton because uh, I already had me three Everton picks, so I've shoehorned him in. Do you still... What's your thoughts on him at the moment? Personally or professionally? Personally. Personally, I can't stand him. Is that because he kissed the badge? Uh, no, it's because he he come out and started talking about how he felt at home when he was at Arsenal, and he just completely dismissed the fact that he'd spent so much yeah, so much time at Everton. He's he's never really spoken about us in a positive light since he left. It was uh, as soon as he got to Arsenal, it was as if we never existed. Um, that's a personal thing as an Evertonian, but professionally, I think he's a, I think he's a good coach. Um, we will start to see how good of a coach he is once Aubameyang leaves. And he's going to have to adapt his tactics to punching the ball long and wide onto the left channel and see what he can get. Um, but we'll find out, won't we, time will tell. We will. I don't think Aubameyang will go, by the way, because of all this coronavirus stuff. I we'll think see. that's saved them. We'll see. Even if he stays, he's only staying for the season and then his contract's down anyway. So you're yeah. worth oh, Okay, so my left mid, and again, this may be age-related. You may not remember him. You may not have ever heard of him, but uh, he's French at least. Laurent Robert from I, Newcastle. I, I know him, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You, you've been watching Premier League years, haven't you? Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> um, yeah, Laurent Robert, um, for those who remember his outlandish strikes, the man had a wand of a left foot. He had an ability to hit a dropping ball perfectly with the top arch of his foot, and he just managed to put it majestically any corner he wanted. Scored some great free kicks as well. Um, played for Newcastle. Jordan again, the period where Newcastle were towards the upper echelons of the of the league, but not, not winning anything. Um, but he was a fantastic player. What a uh, what a winger he was, a lot of rubber. I, I loved watching him. He was a player who every time he got on the ball, I thought, here we go, what's happening now? Um and you just waited to see what he was gonna bring to the uh, to the table. But yeah, um underrated massively in that he never really got a sniff at a big club. And that's no disrespect to Newcastle before anybody Sweets me, giving me abuse. Um, but he never got a chance to play for one of the big challenging clubs. Um, so that's why he's in my underrated 11. Okay, moving on. Up front. I've got two strikers. Um, I'll go through them both for specific reasons. And yeah, I'm massively hiding under the fact that these two teams haven't won the Premier League and that's why they're in there um, for underrated. Now, I was going to go for Berbatov. But I didn't. But he's won it. Exactly. So I had to take him out. Um, I was also going to put Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank in there. But I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went for Kevin Phillips of Sunderland. Wow. What? I, I never even thought Kevin Phillips. All right, okay. Well, Kevin Phillips of Sunderland um, famously scored over 30 goals in a season. He always scored goals, Kevin Phillips. Yeah. Regardless of his age, when he went to West Brom and he went to uh, Birmingham, he still he still chipped in with a fair amount of goals. He was massively underrated, mate. He was um, at Sunderland with Niall Quinn. It was when he had his best time. Big man, little man, working as a partnership. Kevin Phillips was was amazing. He was quick over 20 yards. He was... If he got a touch in the box, it was on target at the very, very minimum. He was a quality striker who... Um, only got a handful of caps again for England, but in the Premier League, 
Kevin Phillips was always a shoe in for, for goals, always with, when he was at Sunderland. Did matter who they were playing, he scored goals against everyone. He wasn't the kind of player to just score against Bradford Cities when they were in it or Everton when we were down there. He, he popped up with goals against everyone, important goals, non-important goals. He was just always in or around it. Um, worked hard as well off the ball. You, you, you don't realise until you watch a player. Um, specifically, when you're watching a team, it's, it's easy to get caught up in it, but when you're watching a player back, you start to understand the movements off the ball, the, the fact of closing down from the front, and Kevin Phillips had it all. So for me, massively underrated goal scorer in the Premier League, though Kevin Phillips goes in. Great shout. I like that one. Thank you. Um, my last one, last but not least, is a Liverpool player who hasn't won the league, but was superb. So he's underrated because he doesn't get talked about in Premier League all-time 11s, is Robbie Fowler. No other reason than he was an absolute pain in the ass to play against. Goals across the front, goals across the keeper, goals in the near post. Absolute screamers from the edge of the box, tap-ins, scruffy goals. He scored them all. He had all the attributes to succeed. Um, local lad, you know, from Dingle. Come good, played for his uh, his local team. Made a good name for himself. Went to Leeds, continued to score goals. Went to City, scored goals. Um, went back to Liverpool later on. Um, obviously, peak of his powers are gone. They passed him by, but he still offered something. You know, they, Liverpool at that time just needed somebody to be in and around the squad who could get a couple of goals for them from uh, from different types of angles, different types of goals, and and then he brought that. Um, I think it's you, when when you think of Premier League all time elevens, it's Shearer because of his record, Henri because he was fantastic, Aguero was a top shelf for being in there. Um, you've got other Premier League strikers who are Dennis Bergkamp's and arguments as well to go in. Not enough people talk about Robbie Fowler. Van Nistelrooy usually gets a shout before Robbie Fowler. I just think he's worthy of going in as, a, as an underrated player. So that's why he's in. So to recap, I've gone Chris Hutton as my underrated manager. Shea Given, goalkeeper, back four, consistent of Ian Hart, Jamie Carragher, Sylvan Distan and Seamus Coleman. Midfield four, Lauren Robbie, Mikel Arteta, Tim Cahill and Dirk Kite. And then front two are Robbie Fowler and Kevin Phillips. I like the team. I like that I don't know a few of them. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I like the team. Balanced. Um, yeah, a couple of surprises I... in there as well, I like. Who was the biggest surprise? Uh, Kevin Phillips, just because I don't disagree with you. For some reason, he never like came up on in my mind. He never came up on searches when I was trying to find like obscure players to jog my memory. He never came up once, and I think that, that's why it's a great pick, because he is. He always banged goals, goals, goals. Yeah, very, very underrated. That's why I threw him in. I like Kevin Phillips a lot. As I said, I was going to go Jimmy Floyd. And first of all, I put Baby to have him, but then we were talking about stipulations. And I was like, is he underrated? He got a big money move from Fulham to Man U. He scored goals, he won a league. He can't be underrated then. And that, 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 that was my thinking behind it. Here's the one for me before I go into my team. Because Berbatov is underrated. You know For me, and this might be a quick tangent, the Wayne Rooney is one of the most underrated players. And how many did he want? He is Man United's top goal scorer. He is England's top goal scorer. I think he's second or something on uh, the Premier League all-time goal-scoring record. Yeah. And whenever you talk about strikers, it's and this includes me, it's Alan Shearer, Thierry Henry, Aguero's, Drogba's, and Suarez. And then suddenly Rudy pops up. Fair point. And he's won it all. 
fair points. Like we were saying, you can be over and underrated. Yeah, fair enough. Win win. If we did it, if we did it, uh, look, if we did it um, where it was underrated and you could have won it, we'd have had Carrick's, Park G songs, Barry's in those teams. But yeah. you've decided to do it a little differently, which I like. Because uh, uh, no I've never exactly. seen this 11 like this before. Exactly. No one's doing it, so let's try and be different. Let's try and be let's unique. Try. So, over to you, Logaloo. This is going to be interesting. We've got a lot of crossover. Oh, so interesting. In goal. Yeah. 442, obviously. In goal. Whoa, 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 whoa. Manager. I'm doing my manager again. Goalkeeper. Shea Given. I've got a feeling you've just added this. Nope. Shea Given. Yeah. Shea Given. What reason for? Um, again, just because everyone thinks of Shea Given. At least I think a lot of people aren't my age um, that weren't born in the 50s. Um, think of Shea Given as Man City, where it was actually Shea Given of Newcastle. Yeah. And it was like, again, same as you. It never, Man United never came in for him. Um, Chelsea obviously had people like that check. But, you know, Arsenal, for, for years, were always seemed to be looking for a goalkeeper. Liverpool in and out. He got that move to City. And unfortunately, Joe Hart comes in just at that time. Yeah. And he never, it'd be interesting to see if Joe Hart had come back and taken the form, of, given that he got injured, but given that he managed to get those medals and propelled a bit more. Yeah. Shea Given, eventually he's in coach now. He was at Derby with Frank Lampard. Apparently Lampard tried to bring him to Chelsea, but the Chelsea ball blocked it, so he must be rated. I like him. As a coach now as well, so I like him. Obviously, you touched on it before, so no need to go into too much detail. Uh, right back, uh, Seamus Coleman. <laughs> Massively underrated. Seamus Coleman and Leighton Baines as a pair were the... Well, I used to do fantasy football when I was younger. You know, back in you saying they were the original bombing up and down. Yeah. They were the two you used to throw in on the fantasy football for defenders because they were always popping up with goals and they were always popping up with assists. And I always just remember watching, obviously, like I say, a lot of the families for Everton. I remember watching them and, and just seeing the two of them, like you're saying, consistently attacking and defending. Yeah. But it's not one of those where it was like, they're really good at attacking and they're not like good at defending. Or they're really good at defending and not good. They had a good balance, the two of yeah. them, on both. And it always did back on me. I always used to look at um, teams like Arsenal and Man United going, why are they not looking at Coleman? Yeah. You know, Chelsea... So it's always Chelsea, baffled me. Even Chelsea, I was like, if we got Coleman, I'd be, I'd be laughing. I'd be loving life. Yeah. Good in defence, good in attack, massively underrated. I mean, even look at the fact that um, when he broke his leg... Yeah. In the way he did on international duty. And he's, he's come back now. Yeah. Still playing. He still stayed at Everton. And you touched on it as well. We'll never know if bids came in or not. But um, for me, yeah, massively underrated. I want to touch on this one quickly. Why doesn't he like the 60 grand song? Uh, I think it embarrasses him. He's a very, very humble and quiet individual, Seamus. Mm. Um, this come out as a news story. Um, I think about two seasons ago when... Somebody was asking a player a question. They were like, oh, Seamus, Seamus Coleman's got his own song. Do you want your own song? And this player had said, like, Seamus Coleman gets really embarrassed by that song. Um, don't get me wrong, he, he likes the fact he's got a song, but uh, all the players sing it at him. And, no. and he's like, oh, shut up, shut up, shut up. You know what I mean? I, I can imagine it would be embarrassing, but 60 yeah. grand for a footballer of oh. his calibre now, unheard of. It's fantastic. I mean, the closest I can think of a bargain for us is um, Aspel Aquetta for 8 mil. Or Kepa. The lesser on that, the better. Um, Centre-back, Marcel Desai. Um, mm. Never won a Prem. 
World yeah, Cup fair winning, enough. World Cup winning, European Championship winning, two-time Champions League winning, Super Cup winning, FA Cup winning, and comes to us in sort of the so this is Chelsea obviously comes to us in sort of the back end mm. considered of his career, but also that um, considered a mentor to Terry. Yeah, yeah. In a lot of ways, as Terry's coming in, Desai, Desai's come in, watching him play for France as well. I think massively underrated when you hear the likes of Terry, Ferdinand, Yapstams, Vidic's, he's never mentioned. No fair play. Stop you there. Yeah. Edit this bit out. I've got to go and shut my window because someone inconsiderate person is walking past my house with a crying child and is refusing uh-huh. to shush the child off. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, yeah, you just cry your ass off, kid. That's normal. Jesus. Unreal, mate, honest to God. Uh, right, so you've done one centre-back, now for the second one. Second centre-back is Jamie Carragher. Again, never won a Premier League. We've touched on this before. Never won a Premier League. Like Gerard, it's one of those ones where you go kind of a little bit of a Premier League injustice. But that is football. Um, yeah, it happens, doesn't it, unfortunately? Terry Ferdinand's jumped in and secured the positions for England. Same as Ashley Cole with Leighton Baines, so we really struggled to get in on that scene. Yeah. It's easy to say with football, if that one wasn't there, that one would have got a lot more. Well, you can say that about any player anywhere, but he would have got a lot more caps. I think I think he'd have been around a lot more. I mean, look, people like Matthew Upson were getting call-ups before Carragher. Don't even start me on Matthew Upson. Massively overrated. Shall we do it an overrated 11? We're going to have to at some point. We're going to yeah, have to at some right. point. Because, we'll crack on with this one. Because, it, yeah, I think it's criminal that people like Matthew Upson got games before. People like, you know, they've had, they've had more of a shot, put it that way. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because it was fashionable to have a centre-half who could play with his feet. And John Terry helped set that benchmark. Matthew Upson could play football with his feet. He, he, he could pass out and he could drive the ball out. But was he as good as a defender as Jamie Carragher? No, not a patch no. on him. Not a patch I, on him. I also love that Carragher scored that many on goals against Liverpool. Um, <laughs> but I think that, I actually think... So bitter? You leave the bitterness to me. That is my profession I, as an Evertonian. <laughs> I, I actually think, interestingly, like you touched on before, the way he throws himself in front of everything, mm-hmm. and that kind of do die, that actually leads to that. Because he's not sticking the ball in on purpose, but I think that kind of yeah. throwing yourself in front of everything. He's willing he, to put his body on, in, on the line in places that other people wouldn't mm. in order to do his job, and his job was to assist in stopping that ball crossing the white line. And sometimes he probably stuck his body in front of a ball that people didn't think he'd do, and as a result, they'd not been in the position to... Yeah, you know, get that rebound off him. So yeah, he's in there. Like left back for me. Left back for me is Leighton Baines. Not Ian Hart. Not Ian Hart. Surprisingly, I slipped my mind. Um, (laughs) That even existed. (laughs) I know. Yeah, Ian. The he made it into your all-time eleven. He did, yeah. And for me, obviously, Ashley Cole went in. And I kind of touched on it last week that if Cole hadn't been around, Liam Baines would have been the England, England's left-back. Matt Simmons had never got that move. Like we said, United came in at the time with buttons. He appears to have rejected it. If not, the club rejected it, whatever. But he hasn't got it ever since. But again, like Coleman on the other side, I always wondered, why if like someone like, we obviously had Ashley Cole, but why have Arsenal, Man United? Um, I think he's twice the defender Patrice ever, ever was. Yeah. That's a big shout. Oh, I don't rate Patrice Ebra. I really rated Patrice Ebra. Nah, if I, I had really... to choose between them, I'd obviously go with Leighton Baines because that he has that's my heartstring pulling me that way. 
But even if, if if I take my my Evertonian hat off and I have to pick one, I'd pick Leighton Baines over Everett because I think he brings more to the team. However, I still rate Patrice Evra. I think I don't know if this is the you know the France fan in me, but I think he's garbage. Who plays for the French national squad over him? At that time, yeah, it was just competition. No one. That's like that's the only reason he's there, and that's like right, so there was no other. Matthew Debucci. <laughs> like, so there was no one there. It's like ribbery. Like I, I don't rate Patrice ever. Like I, you see those things that like Soccer AM put out where it's like drop your yeah, start bench drop, and it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Cole, Evra, Andy Robertson. And I'm like, let's so, take Andy Robertson tangents, out. Tangents. Let's do it right now, dead quick. Okay. Okay. Out of those three, who are you yeah. start? Start Cole, bench Robbo, um, bin off ever. Wow. Okay. Yeah, easy. Yeah, easy. Andy Robertson in his let's see where he gets to. Ashley yeah. Cole in his pumps, the one of the best left backs ever, produce ever yeah. crap. Fair I enough. actually find that quite simple. I see that and go, why is this even a question? Da, 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 da. That's the order. Fair enough. But on that, yeah, Leighton Baines, I think he's massively underrated. Left backs, Premier Leagues, you always hear uh Coles, Evra's, Kolarov's mentioned. Kolarov's better than Evra. Baines should be way higher in the plaudits he receives, like you gave him in your uh, all-time level. Right mid, I'll go right to left again, like you said, 4-4-2. I've gone for Theo Walcott. He's obviously at you now. He is, yeah. Uh, I know you've got your opinions on him. He's underrated. He got picked way too soon to go on that England, that World Cup team. Which one was it with Sven? He was, he was 16, was wasn't he? Was yeah, it he was 16. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was 16. And Sven had seen that he was a good player and, and he had bags of potential and decided, I'm going to take him because in four years, it'll hold him in good stead. And you're like, well, you're not picking the team now based on what's going to happen in four years, mate. What are you, what are you playing at? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was one of those, oh, we'll get him in and experience doesn't play him. That almost didn't help. Uh, mm. Rooney kind of suffered early on a lot from that. Yeah, yeah. Pressure, too much pressure was put on their shoulders, and you'll see with a few, we'll see it with more England players as we go, the hype and the pressure that gets put on them. Uh, Theo Walcott at Arsenal, sometimes he's played up front, sometimes he's played on the wing, sometimes he's played behind the striker. Yeah. I feel like Theo Walcott was kind of that piece of the jigsaw that they kind of just moved around and put wherever was necessary. It's a fit and in never, the rest. Yeah. I think he suffered from never going, right, Theo's playing here. We're going to build around Theo a bit. Mm. I think if they'd have, I'm not saying Arsene Wenger's a mug and he knows more than me, but I just feel like Theo Walcott should have been given a bit more credit in the team. Fair enough. I kind of liked, obviously, he eventually left and went to use, and it was he wanted to play up front, and he was kind of told no. So he's yeah. got to you, and then you've not played him up front, and he's kind of just, it appears, accepted it. Yeah, well, he's, he's into his thirties. He's now so I think it's a case of you're good at something, just do what you're good at instead of trying to remold yourself or trying to be a jack of all trades. Just you know, if you're good wide right, stay wide right. Yeah, his his pace, his goals, his assists. I just don't think he ever gets the the credit. Fair enough. I'll give yeah. you that one. Yeah. yeah. First centre midfielder is Lucas Leymar for Liverpool. Okay, interesting. Go on. Uh, I sell him. Class. I think it's a classic example of you don't know what you've got until it's gone. Strong shouts. Yeah, he he was he was just a, a bastard. 
<laughs> Every like, team needs one. Yeah, like I, Chelsea, you know, historically used to draw Liverpool in the Champions League every five minutes. Um, every year we got them in the quarterfinals, the last 16 semi-finals, and they're playing them in, you know, the league, you know, back the classic, we say in the classic top four. Yeah. He was someone that if I seen playing, I was like, yeah, it's going to be a slog in midfield today. Not not on the levels of like Angolo Kante and Makaleli. Yeah. But he, he did a job. I think, you know when you lost, you've lost Ghana game this year? Yeah. And it's shown. And people yeah. like and- Andre Herrera leave Man United. And people go, eh. And then it shows actually, you know, he just got around and did the, the job. He got around, won that ball, gave it to Pogba or whoever. And then they've done the, the beauty with it. Yeah. Labour won that ball and gave it to Jared, won that ball, gave it to Alonso, won that ball, gave it to, you know, Mascherano or whoever else was in that midfield. Labour or Mascherano? Mm. If you had to pick one. Lucas Labour. The CDM. So why, is, so why isn't Mascherano in your team? Because I don't have Lucas Labour over Because I don't, I don't, Mascherano's good, but I don't think he's. I think he was a bastard Labour, as well. Yeah, Labour, Mascherano's a good player. I think Labour. But the job I would want him to do, I would rather have Lucas Labour. Fair play. The, okay. um, and I, I think uh, a lot of, like, I grew up around a lot of Liverpool fans. A lot of Liverpool fans didn't seem to like him. And then sort of towards the back end of the career in, and then it's yes. him leaving. I don't know what like it was like here. That, that was exactly the same consensus up here. It's yeah. uh, Lucas Labour. Oh, what, fucking hell, Lucas is that? Yeah, oh, come on, Lucas, Jesus. And then when he left, they were like, shit. Lucas Labour really done the job. You know I mean? The last two seasons he was at Liverpool, he seemed to... I don't know whether he stepped up or whether Liverpool fans started to realise, well, there is a way to win and we can win ugly. And he was part of that. He was probably the part of that. Look, like we've said like before, winning's winning. And yeah. I, 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 I've grown up in Jose Mourinho, quote-unquote, parked the bus football. And I'm like, I'm the last. I get to go back and think about that time we won the Premier League. I'm the last yeah. time we won. I've, I've watched us win the Premier League under Jose Mourinho. I've watched us win the Premier League under Carlo Ancelotti, where we broke the goals record. They're yeah. both great memories for their own reason. They're both different styles. Mm. They're two Premier League wins. Fair so, Lucas Labour, yeah, for the underappreciated side of the game. Okay, and who's partnered on him? So, the opposite side of that is Juan Mata. Juan Mata not won the Premier League? Juan Mata's never won the Premier League. He won the Champions League, the Europa League, and the FA Cup at Chelsea. And then Jose Mourinho decided to sell him to Manchester United because he didn't quote-unquote track back. <laughs> and then Jose goes to United anyway and he becomes his best mate. He's played more for Man United than he has for Chelsea. It's mad, though. I, he won three player, I think it was three Player of the Year awards on the bounce at Chelsea. Wow. At a time when you've got Eden Hazard there. That period of time under Eden Hazard, Mata and Oscar was some... Oh, some phenomenal football. Frightening, that. One of the reasons we won the Champions League, I know it's a Premier League based one, but one of the reasons we won for the only team to hold the Premier League, sorry, the Europa League and the Champions League at the same time. Get back to your team, Jacques. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's massively underrated. Okay. I think it's one of those, like we were talking, similar levels, but how Xavi, Iniesta and Busquets dominated the Spanish national team the likes yeah. of Fabregas, Massa, and David Xavi, Alonso, Xavi Alonso and David Silva lost out. Mm-hmm. Um, Xavi Alonso is a quicker side. Oh, Xavi Alonso should have made my team. 
No, but this is the thing, though. I don't think he's underrated. No, I think he is rated. He I think gets, everybody gets, rates him. Yeah, he gets the plaudits. Yeah. What a player, by the way. Deserves, like, what a player in that sense. Whereas Juan Mata, I think, massive. I never won a Premier League. Remember, Rafa Benitez was touting that Xabi Alonso all across Europe so we could get the money to go and buy Gareth Barry. Oh, God. I know. Which, Gareth not a bad player, but, you know. No, 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 but he's no Xabi Alonso. No. Yeah, Mad- always the Yeah. So, yeah, Van Mata and Lucas Leiva for different Decent. sides of the game. Yeah. That's what It's a good um, balance there, a good contrast. Yeah. Um, on the left is Dirk Cow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly he, thought I'd, I'd, I'd thought I'll sneak one in here that he will not get. It turns out it's going to be Ian Hart. Or not, <laughs> but uh, the, yeah, Dirk, I thought Dirk out. No, no, no way about Dirk out in. No chance. One of the first names on the sheet. That, yeah, same again, to me. Like Lucas Lever, yeah. playing Chelsea consistently in Champions. Sorry, playing Liverpool consistently in Champions Leagues. Year on year, out, it seems he always popped up with a goal. Yeah. Like, just when you think he'd be playing well and then he's either got a goal or he's whipped one in or he's got some scabby he's last found minute. Some he went, oh, yeah. was, and that was his Liverpool career. Consistently, goal, chipping in, goal, banging assist, flying back, that tackle, like you said, he wasn't afraid to get stuck in. No, no, he was all about it. Loved it. Again, I think, if I think back correctly to when he left, it was kind of one of those ones where it was like, it was the right time, but again, they were like, they missed that. Yeah, they missed him for a good couple of years, yeah, easily. I, I imagine he was a personality and a character and a leader in the dressing room. And I yes. Think like we've, I think like we've touched on with Chelsea when Drogba, Lampard, Terry, Czech, Balak all left, there was mm. those holes. I think he was, along with the Gerrards and the Carragers, yeah. I imagine he was a bit of a... I see him in more of the mould of like a Yapstam and like a Roy Keane in the sense of, I imagine he didn't take a lot of shit. No, I'm with you on that one. But you yeah. look at him and you think, yeah, I want to piss Cal off. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But yeah, If you, no, no, you're going into battle, you want him on your side. Yeah, I think Matt will be underrated again. He's never put in those put in those yeah, messages. We've said it with um, Carragher and like Lawrence. There's people in this Liverpool team that are going to win this Premier League. And I think Cal's up there with the likes of Alonso's and Gerrard's and Carragher's. And, uh, you deserve some recognition. Yeah. yeah. Completely agree. My strikers. Two of them, let's go. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Ah, see, I was yeah. going to go, going to go big Jimmy, but it yeah. didn't. A shit yeah. out. I say a shit out. I stand by my choice. Carry on. This is yours. Come on. No, no good choices by you. The uh, I've more watched Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank as I got older, looking back. Obviously, if you if you love goals, just Chelsea TV used to play them. But I'm sure you can get them on YouTube. Just look on YouTube. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank goal compilation. Because they so are just absolute bangers, mate. They're just they're just from angles and yards, yeah. and you know they're just the most obscure, ridiculous, beautiful goals. Just but not even yeah. like oh yeah, here's a couple, here's top five. It's just you could go on for days with Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's goals. His goals yeah. are beautiful. Never won a Premier League. Uh, was there before the money came in because contrary yeah. to popular belief, there is a time period where we weren't rich. Um, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, massively underrated. He's never thrown up there again like uh, some of the players we've been speaking about with the Thierry Henry's and the Shearers and that. And I think rightly so. I don't think he's quite on that level. But you... No, but he was, he was still good. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to remember him when he was at Leeds. Um, yeah. Late 90s. Um, he scored like 
I think he he averaged a goal every other game or something like that. And then he got a move to Atletico Madrid. He was only at Atletico Madrid for the, the season. Um, and then he came to you guys. And I was thinking, oh, I remember this cat. He's decent. And then uh, how many goals did he score for you in, in total? Oh, I'd have to look it up, but it's an obscene amount. So what, let, me have, let me have a quick look. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Where is he? I've got it up here. Here we go. 69 goals for Chelsea in four seasons. He was, only there for four, he was only there for four seasons. League goals, 136 appearances, appearances and 69 goals. 87 and 177 in all competitions. Belter, mate. Belter. I like him. That's a, that's a strong shout. Yeah, he... Um, I think... Who was it? Was it Portsmouth? Correct me if I'm wrong. They played Cardiff in the yeah. FA Cup final. He was on that team. Yeah. And you think about how, like, how old he was then and he was still... You know, still there, still banging around. I, I feel like Jimmy Claudio is one of those players that uh, when Sky Sports they go to the studio on Super Sunday and he's sat in there, people go, "Oh yeah, Jimmy Floyd Hassel, like he was a banger." He's, he's go, the kind of person who, like, I, I watch football with my son. Obviously, he's only thirteen, and mm. if he's ever in the studio, what if he's ever on? Charlie go, "Who's that?" And I go, "Hassel Bank," and he goes, "Oh, I've seen him on Premier League years. He was Belzer, wasn't he?" And he's one of them. I go, "Right, if you like that, look at this." Do you mm. know what I mean? He's one of those players you can get lost down a rabbit hole watching his best goals. Now he's a strong shout mate, he's very underrated. As you say, he's not he's not spoken about it with the likes of Henri and Aguero and for good reason because he hasn't hit those heights, but he's still underrated for what he brought to the team. He, he, yeah, he, he never gets brought up. And um, that, that, that partnership he had with Tori Andre Flo, unreal. Yeah. What a player. The um Massively underrated. Carry on. Right next to him is Jermaine Defoe. Oh mate. I had to fall in and so I'm out for foul. Like, I'm not even messing, seriously, right? <laughs> not even messing. I had to fall in and I took him out for foul two days ago because I was sitting in, I was going through stats and I'd have tried to base it on based on stats, appearances, yeah. what way. And you look and you get ideas. And, and I'll be honest, that's where I found Lauren Robbie. I was going back through archives. I was like, oh my God, Lauren Robbie. But I had to fall in because I, do you know what? I'm going to steal your thunder. Carry on. Sorry. <laughs> Go on. The, um, it was. I had the three between them. I had Hasselbank, Defoe, and I had Robbie Keane, who I was flicking between. Uh, but I, I settled on Defoe. I think Robbie Keane's massively underrated, but not enough uh, to get my team, obviously. Um, Defoe is constantly, and you'll know because you nearly put him in yours, constantly popping up with goals. Yeah. For Tottenham, Sunderland. Portsmouth. Portsmouth, yeah. Like, literally Portsmouth. Flew out my mind. He was consistently popping up with goals, and he never got a... Some could argue Spurs are a big team, but the less said about that, the better. He never They'd got that. They'd be wrong, though, Jack. They'd be bloody wrong. He never, <laughs> ever got that move. West Ham, Bournemouth, Tottenham, Portsmouth, Portsmouth, Tottenham, back to Tottenham, Sunderland, Bournemouth, Still Rangers. Rangers now. Like, consistent goal scorer wherever he goes. And, and, you know, I'm looking at it here, I've got his Wikipedia page up. When he left Tottenham to go to Toronto in 2014, I remember thinking. Oh, that's it, he's done. That, but I, I always remember thinking. Already, like I'm sure, like he could have gone middle to lower prem. Yeah, yeah. And after Easily. that one year, Easily. he's back at Sunderland, and he, I mean, look, 34 and 87, kept them up that year. You know, when Big Sam went in, yeah. helped keep them up. Then he's a Bournemouth for a bit. You know, where he's played before. Now he's in Rangers. You know, like we're saying, the ability levels. But he's wherever he's gone, he's consistently scored goals. And again, he's never ever mentioned. No, Apart from that brief stint in Toronto and obviously now in Rangers, spent his entire career in the Premier League since 1999, and he's never 
ever, ever brought up. No, I'm with you on that one, mate. Massively, massively underrated. So, yeah, he popped into my mind. Yeah, one of the first ones. One of the first ones that came to my head, along with uh, Hasselbank. And like I said, Keane, Robbie Keane, nearly almost made it in. Uh, Robbie Keane, goals for Tottenham. Goals for Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. Consistent goal scorer, but for, for Hasselbank, for his, the goals he scored, and Defoe for his level of consistency, professionalism, yeah. his performance, consistency... Is always t- I never remember looking at Jermaine Togo play, play Pony today. Yeah, he always seems to put a shift in. He always got something out of him. It was a great shout, mate. I mean, as I say, he very, very nearly made mine due to the fact that his career has carried on and he hasn't... All right, he's dropped to different leagues and, you know, there's no disrespect to Rangers, but they're not at the calibre of some of the Premier League teams. Um, I would put them as a lower-rated a lower rated Premier League team if they were to step down sort of thing. Um but equally, he's still got to do the job in front of him. And at his age and with his experience, he still looks at, at an absolute joy to watch. So, yeah, a very strong shout, mate. I agree with that one. Slogged so, out at every level. Sorry, quickly. Slogged yeah, out at every level from, from the relegation battles to the top four, to mm-hmm. Scotland, to everything like we've been saying. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he fits it in. So, to recap quickly. No, no, no. Who's your manager? Oh. <laughs> You like if it's Allardyce, I'm going to hit the roof and I will stop the, I will stop this recording and that is me and you done for today. If you pick <laughs> Samuel Allardyce, do we understand each other? It's Harry Redknapp. He's nearly bankrupted every club he's been at. Harry Redknapp, because he's the king of the jungle, which is a very underrated... <laughs> he's a very underrated... Uh, Oh, it's a title set Alex never won, so I have that one. So Is that what that we're on, going for? Put that on your all-time 11. The, <laughs> um, no, I just think uh, West Ham, Bournemouth, um, Portsmouth, that FA Cup win, Southampton obviously yeah. relegated. Tottenham took them. I mean, look, when he went to Tottenham, they were flowing around the bloody relegation zone. We all knew they weren't going to go there, but took them into the Champions League, took them to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. I don't like Tottenham. I think they think they're bigger than they are, which is what makes Harry Redknapp's success even greater because he took a small-town club and... Uh, small-town club? Yeah, yeah, small-town, small-town. Uh, I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for our mentions after you slate in space. <laughs> I, don't read the, I don't read the comments. Mental health awareness. Uh, washes um, over me. I think... Spurs would not be where they were now if Harry Redknapp did not take them to the Champions League. Look, it's not a bad shout. We can't agree on everything. Harry Redknapp no. bankrupted every club he went into with absolutely poor financial management. Did he get the best out of players? Yes. Yeah. Why? He, he was a good man-manager. He, and to, to finish on Harry, he was at West Ham when he brought through a lot of arguably England's greatest players. And uh, he is the reason Frank Lampard is where he is. So it's Harry's fault, sound. Um, Shea Given in goal. Seamus Coleman right back. Marcel Desailly and Jamie Carragher centre back with Leighton Baines playing left back. Lucas Leiva and Juan Mata in midfield with Dirk Cal and. Why have I forgot my right mid? Theo Walcott Jesus. on the right. I literally forgot my right mid was. They all got on the right, and then Jermaine Defoe and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank up front, managed by um, Harry Redknapp, King of the Jungle. Payouts for everyone. Superb. Okay, so you've heard our uh, our underrated 11. You've heard the stipulations, no more than three per club, and they can't have won a Premier League, um, just to put the shackles on. 
to try and get some hidden gems out there, specifically the likes of Dirk Cout that we both agree on, um, James Coleman, which we both agreed on, Jamie Carragher, we both agreed on. Yeah, Shea Given, we both yeah. agreed on. Shea Given as well, yeah. Um, but, then, you know, um, but some hidden gems, Lauren Robert, um, Lucas Lever, Kevin Fowler, Kevin Phillips. Different ones, uh, different horses for different courses. So, yeah, feel free to uh, get on our Twitter at Two Men Rambling um, and leave us your underrated 11. Use the same stipulations. If you want to email them across, we are two men rambling at gmail.com. If you want to get them on to our notifications or post rather on YouTube, feel free to uh, search for us, Two Men Rambling, um, and get it commented there. Um, yeah, and just let us know who makes your underrated 11. Who have we missed? Is what I what I'm more interested in to be honest. I mean, you can put yours out. You can agree and disagree as much as you want, but who've you who've we missed? Who has Jack or I overlooked massively? Um, drop us a mention. Drop us an at. Let us know, um, and you know, reprimand us. Tell us you're wrong. Fine to disagree. Sometimes I highly read that. Um, but yeah, um, I think that nicely ties up the show. To be honest with you, Jack, anything you want to add or? No, that's it. That's everything. Like I say, we'll be back next week with the latest on Project Restart. Uh, Bundesliga's back this weekend again. Got some exciting fixtures coming up. Oh, how did Union get on last week? Uh, lost. 2-0 to Bayern Munich. Munich, which I'm buzzing with because it could have been... So, a- just to let you know, here to the right back are now above Union in the league, so just letting you know. Uh, just so that, you know, that's they've got to play each other. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's Friday night this week. Uh-huh. I um, can't game. wait to be honest. I'm going to get a couple of beers in and I'm going to switch it on and I'm going to be invested in it as highly as possible. I'm looking forward to seeing Cunha on the left wing um, going mm. down at right backs because he's one exciting little man in. Yeah, so yeah, Bundesliga back this weekend. Uh, latest on Project Restart, Serie A, La Liga, and all of that. Yeah. Next week, uh, as always, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and some other obscure ones. I have no idea what they are. Jump on, like you've said, at Two Men Rambling on Twitter, Two Men Rambling at gmail.com to send us in any suggestions for future shows. As usual, people, stay safe and stay listening. Give us a retweet. Tell your friends about us. Let's get some more listeners. We are hovering around about 30, 40 at the moment. It'd be mm-hmm. great to get some more people involved and interact with us. You know, don't be so terrified. Jacques is not as posh as he seems. Uh, he just has a really <laughs> posh voice. Um, but he's actually not. He's a bit cut of trashy at times. Um, so get involved with him. Get chatting to him. Um, same with myself. Keep us engaged, keep us involved, and any updates on uh, important football information, anything that breaks, we'll we'll try and get a cast together and get it out to you guys as an individual, specifically around Anton Griezmann um, coming to take Chelsea uh, back to title winning form. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. I tell, tell you what, I tell what, you what, if, if, if we sign Anton Griezmann, yeah. I'm going to be in for a hell of a time. If you sign Griezmann, you should shave your head. If you don't sign Griezmann, you should give yourself a number one all over. Either way, shave your head. See you next week, guys. (laughs) See you soon. Bye-bye. Take care.